0: Thank you, Father. Would you go to the book of John, please, Gospel account of John. We, uh, we got into something um, last Friday, I believe it was last Friday, um, about the Holy Spirit. And I wanted to continue with that tonight, John 14, if you'd look. Appreciate everybody that prayed for us. I, we spoke for three days down in uh, Texas and um, went really well. And the Lord helped us wonderfully. And um, and we're doing good, rested, ready to go again. Hallelujah. Uh, and I have, uh, have this on my heart again tonight. And I want you to believe with me, please, just like we prayed, that we'll get... Uh, Exactly what the Lord has for us. John 14 and 16. And I'll read this in the Amplified if you put that up. Uh, John 14, 16. Jesus said, I will ask the Father. He will give you another comforter. And the um, implication is that it's another one like himself. He was with them. He was about to leave. They're upset and said, no, no, we'll go with you. And he said, no, I'm going to send you another comforter. And the Amplified brings out um, these names that uh, are all in this word, this Greek word here translated comforter. Um, Counselor is one of them. Well, that's help. Helper, obviously help. Intercessor, that's help. Advocate, that's help. Strengthener, that's help. Standby, that's help. And all that help is certainly a comfort. Yes. Right? Yes, when you need help and you got help, does that comfort you? Yes, oh, wow. And uh, he's talking about he's talking about the Holy Spirit being given to us. He went on to say that he may remain with you. Forever, keep reading, the spirit of truth, Uh, this is one of the main names that you uh, keep hearing the Holy Spirit referred to. There are evil spirits around, and they are liars. They are not truthful. They are deceivers. Only one uh, spirit that we're talking about here is holy. Holy. Only one is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it doesn't see him or know or recognize him. But you know him and recognize him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Now, uh, this is the disciples that were with him, and he's telling them the spirit of God's with you, shall be in you. Because this was prior to. To the new birth. Jesus has not yet gone to the cross and been resurrected, but now the new birth is available and it's available for not only the Holy Spirit to be with you, but to be in you. And this is one of the greatest things you could ever understand or get a revelation of. The greatest need for an unbeliever is to receive Jesus. Nothing else even comes close. But for a believer who's already received Jesus, the greatest need for the believer is to receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit and yield to him and follow him and respond to him. He is the great helper, the great comforter, counselor, strengthener, stand stand by advocate, intercessor. We were singing about it a moment ago. He's everything Everything. that you need, right? And for the believer, he's in you. Somebody say, he's in me. me. Who's in you? The Holy Spirit. Now, don't refer to the Holy Spirit as a thing, thing or inanimate object. He is how Jesus referred to it. He is a personal pronoun. Don't refer to the Holy Spirit as it. He is how you refer to him. And right here in this passage, uh, you see that uh, in verse 17 again. It doesn't see him. It doesn't recognize him. But you know him, for he lives with you. And will be in you. Verse 18. I won't leave you as orphans. Comfortless, desolate, bereaved, forlorn, helpless. I will come back to you. Uh, the NIV says I won't leave you like children who don't have parents. Today's English version says you will not be left alone. And this is something we should remind ourselves of continually. I am not alone. Said out loud, I am, not alone. I am not alone. If you are a believer, then you have the Spirit in you. And if you've received his fullness, you also have him on you. On you. So he is in you, on you, with you. And he's not just there to be there. He's there to help you. I said he's there to help you. Help you. And he is there 24 hours a day. Every day of every week, of every month, of every year, of your entire life. So you don't have to do things alone. You don't have to do things on your own. You don't have to do things Limited by what you don't know or what you can't do. Uh, this, is, this is where uh, people are falling short over and over again. They're saying, well, I'm doing the best I can. Well, it's probably not good enough. Well, you can't do any more than that. Wrong. You got somebody in you that can help you beyond you. Who knows so much more than you do. Who has endless ability and endless strength. But he won't push it off on you. He won't force anything on you. That's one of the big differences between God and the devil. The devil is a forcer. A manipulator. A coercer. Not God. God's. So powerful. I mean he could. If he wasn't who he is. He could certainly force things. But that's not who he is. That's not what he is. He. Allows you and I. To have a completely. Free will. If we want his help. If we'll reach out for it. He's right there. But. If you, got, you want to do your own plan, do your own thing, never ask, never check, do it on your own, then that's where you'll be. Just doing it on your own and you'll come up short again and again and again. It takes a, a spiritual awareness and it takes some humility to admit I'm not enough on my own. Come on, anybody know this to be true? I'm not. You're not. I'm not enough to deal with everything in this life, to find and fulfill my purpose and run my race and finish my course, to be everything I should be to everybody in my life and in the kingdom accomplish what I'm supposed to. I can't do it by myself. Which is why Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm not going to leave you by yourself. I'm not going to leave you on your own. I'm going to send you another comforter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit, he'll be with you forever. Uh, If we looked at the other passages here in, in, in John 14 and 15 and 16, if you hadn't seen that, read these three chapters carefully. He talks about how the Spirit will lead and guide you into all the truth. He'll bring to your remembrance everything the Lord said to you. He'll take of the Lord's things and show them to you. He'll even show you things to come. Huh? The Lord said the Holy Spirit will do all these things for you. But there's something else we'll see in the Scripture. This is if you want Him to. If you reach out to Him. And if you yield to Him. So um, look with me, if you would. We, we talked about some of this last week, but go with me over to Mark, the 16th chapter. Well, excuse me, I'm, I'm moving a little too quick. Go to Acts 2. Let me do a little bit of review because I'm sure we got some folks here and watching us online that weren't with us last time. You can go back. You can go online and get last week's message. won't cost you anything. There's no charge. And help you get caught up. But uh before Jesus left the Earth and ascended, he told the disciples to wait in Jerusalem until they were endued with power from on high. He gave them and us the great commission, go into all the world and proclaim the good news to every created being. But then he said, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. But before you go, (laughs) stay here until you are endued with power. And he's talking about the, the gift of the Holy Spirit being given to the church. And this happened on the day of Pentecost as is recorded in Acts 2, verse 1. Acts 2, 1, if we put that up. When the day of Pentecost was fully come. They were all with one accord in one place. And uh, what are they doing? You know, I I notice it talks about how all the men were there praying and waiting on God. And it says, and the women too. In a lot of places today, it's the women praying and the men didn't even come to church. Thankfully, that's not our church. But you understand what I'm saying? Um, you don't want to say, well, my wife's a prayer, my, my mom's a prayer. Well, they can't do your praying for you. Right. Yes, sir. I'm going to say that again real slow. <laughs> well, their prayers, well, thank God for that, but they can't do your praying for you. Right. They can't, even if they try, they still can't. But all the men were there yeah. praying, yeah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, waiting on the Lord and all the women. And he goes on to say, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in the one place there in the upper room, one, one accord. And there came a sound from heaven suddenly like a rushing mighty wind filled all the house where they were sitting. Keep, keep going. And, and what has happened now, the Holy Spirit has come. Has the gift that the Father, Jesus said he had prayed the Father and asked the Father to give us, to all believers, the Holy Spirit to help us. And so he came into the earth to assist and help the church on this day. And he's been here ever since. Praise God. Thank you. Hallelujah. So, I mean, we don't have to wait like they did for him to come to receive him. He's already come. And, of course, if you're going to take the the verse literally, you'd have to go wait in Jerusalem. (laughs) But no, they went, they waited. He came. He's here. No one else needs to wait to receive the Holy Spirit. He's here. He's here. Hallelujah! Any more than anybody needs to wait to receive Jesus. He's available anywhere, anytime. And what happened is there appeared cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them. Now think about that in the, the first and the big indication that the Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit has come. Is tongues, tongues. Why? See, somebody say, "Well, it's fire." Well, it's uh, fire tongues. Yes, yes. Tongues of fire. Everybody say tongs. tongues. And these tongues of fire. Sat on them and immediately, what happened? They started speaking in tongues. Yeah. Amen. Glory to God. <laughs> now, most of the church doesn't believe this is for us today. That's right. Most most church-going people they have said, "Well, that was just a sign, and and that helped kick the church off, and but that's." Uh, that's all done away with. And, but no, it hasn't been done away with. No. And you can even see in history, it's, it's recorded history that in every generation since then, there's been a group of tongue talkers. Uh, yep. <clears throat> and in 2021, yeah. there's a group of tongue talkers. You're looking at some of them. <laughs> in Branson and in Sarasota, and those of us that are joining us on—in fact, there's a lot of us these days, right. huh? Yes. There's millions of us That's worldwide, right. but of course, there are billions of people on the planet, and uh, the majority are not. But uh, the reason—one reason I'm talking to you about this—is because this is the beginning. Of the supernatural ministry of the Holy Spirit in the church, it began with tongues. Said out loud, it started with tongues. My father in the faith, uh, Kenneth Hagen, who's in heaven now, he said this, and he said it numerous times. He talked about how he was uh, Baptist and got saved as a Baptist and didn't understand the tongues part and didn't believe in it for several years, but then saw it in the Word and received, and he said, he talked about what it opened up to him. Do you have to speak in tongues to be born again? No. You're not a candidate to receive the fullness of the Spirit until you are born again. But you can be born again and filled with the Spirit two seconds later. or right, <laughs> <laughs> Almost simultaneously. You see that happen in the book of Acts. But uh, he said this, and it's worth meditation and remembering. He said he had found in his own life that speaking with other tongues was the doorway into all the rest of the gifts and manifestations of the Spirit. Did you hear that, folks? I said, he said that he had found personally for him that speaking with other tongues was the doorway, the the entry into all the rest of the gifts and manifestations of the Spirit. And he said he had found this with him personally. And they, Now at that point he's talking of, uh, of um, 40, 50 years of experience. He said he had found personally that the more he spoke in tongues, the more of the other manifestations he also had. And the less he spoke in tongues, the less of the other manifestations he had. The speaking in tongues is the doorway, the entrance into the rest of it. Well that shouldn't shock us. If that be the case. Because how did this whole thing get started? Huh? Yeah. The Holy Spirit. Blows in. Arrives on the scene. On the earth. With the church. He comes in in a big way. You couldn't wonder if he's. If, did he come? Is he here or not? Oh everybody knew. <laughs> the Holy Spirit. Has come. And Immediately. Immediately. Not later, not hours later. Instantly, what happens? When they received, when they were filled, look at verse 4. What happened? Verse 4 they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Oh, hallelujah! This is how it started. And this is the 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 book of Acts. Have you read it before? If you haven't, let me encourage you. Read this. Take your time. Go go read it carefully. Why? Because I don't. You know the um, the titles, the subtitles, the chapters, and verse references. This is not uh, necessarily inspired by God. I'll say it's not. Men did this. Men divided it up. In chapter and verse. Men put the titles and subtitles on. Even the title. The book of Acts. uh, I. I would prefer to say. The acts of the Holy Spirit. Through the church. Because. That's what you read. On every page. Virtually every page. Or every other page. Is something about the Holy Spirit. Working through the church. The uh, utterance. The tongues. The prophecy. The prayer. The inspired healings. Miracles. Deliverances. Visions. Dreams. Have you read it or not church? It's Holy Spirit. On every page virtually. Uh, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. (laughs) Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Why? Because the, the church is cooperating yep. with the Spirit yes. in this book. Yes, sir. Oh, thank you, Lord. Well, are we a part of the same church? Yes, Do we have the same Holy Spirit? Yes, should we be experiencing the same type of things, yes, the same kind of things? God doesn't change. We should. And if these things have been lost, it's not because God changed. It's because men got cold. Men decided They could do it on their own without the Holy Spirit's help. Men quit praying. Men quit praying in tongues. Men quit believing in the other gifts and manifestations of the Spirit. And after it's been lost for multiple generations, people grow up without it. And they don't even know anybody that knew anything about it. Grandpa didn't know anything about it. But that doesn't mean God changed. And we need to not measure how the church is supposed to be by any other metric but by this Bible. Right? Go back to this. We ought to read the book of Acts and go, is that what we're seeing in our church? If not, let's get to praying. Let's get to believing God. Let's learn how to work with the Holy Spirit so that we can have the same kind of thing. Same kind of thing. And it began with... Tongues, don't be afraid to say that word. (laughs) You're in a church that believes in it, so nobody's going to get mad at you. Nobody's going to holler at you about it. Uh, It began with tongues. Let's keep reading in this passage to see some, some more about this. Acts 2. Acts 2. They were all filled, verse 4, with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Because it was the Feast of Pentecost. People, uh, people who believed in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had come from distances and come from all over the place. All different countries to be there for that feast. And there is this uh, commotion in town. And people came out to see what it is. They're dwelling at Jerusalem, these people out of every nation. And when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded or the, uh, astounded because they heard every man uh, speak in his own language. Now, the the topic of tongues, there's a lot of ignorance about it. And there's a lot of confusion about it. And one of the things that... Uh, you know, folks have been confused about, is this not understanding that there are diversities of tongues, different kinds of tongues. Have you read about this in 1 Corinthians 12 and other places? Different kinds of tongues. So there's not just one kind. There's different kinds. And in First Corinthians 14, maybe we'll see that, uh, but it, it distinguishes between tongues as a means of personal uh, prayer and praise and edification uh, versus tongues as a sign, a sign of tongues, and the ministry of tongues that would be tongues and interpretation to a congregation. Now, right there, we've already talked about three different kinds. Can you see this, friends? Yes, sir. And so people who don't believe in this and don't understand it, they'll try to lump them all together. And that's why they're confused about why this verse says this and that verse says that. Said out loud. Different kinds of tongues. Now this we see here on this day at this point was a, a sign of tongues. Why? Well, not only were they speaking something they did not learn and understand. But the people in the crowds are hearing them in their languages. Yeah. Now, um, well, I won't go into that, but uh, it's a it's a big subject. It's like God, right? <laughs> if it's from Him, there's a lot to it. And yet, by His Spirit, we can understand what we need to about it. Uh, keep reading. They said we un- we hear. Them speaking in our own language. And they were all amazed, verse 7, and they marveled, and they said one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? Then how do we hear every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Parthians, so there was that language. Medes, there was that language. Elamites, dwellers in Mesopotamia, and that was multiple languages. Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, That was multiple languages. Phrygia, Pamphylia in Egypt, parts of Libya, and Cyrene, strangers in Rome, Jews, proselytes, Cretes, Arabians. How many languages are we talking about? There were 120 of them in the upper room. It could have been 120 different languages going on. I didn't say it was. I said it could have been. It's got to be several. When he mentions all these countries... And sometimes in one of the countries they mentioned, there were several dialects in that, in that one area. And here we're given revelation of what they were saying when they're speaking in tongues. Even though they themselves did not understand it, they said, We hear them speak in our tongue or our language the wonderful works of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say, the wonderful works of God. That's what they were saying when they were speaking in a language they themselves did not understand. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God was inspiring them and giving them utterance to express how amazing and wonderful God is and what he has done and how awesome and how powerful and how all-encompassing and how gracious and compassionate God's wonderful works are. Hallelujah. Well, you have to speak in tongues to express that. Y'all with me or not? Why? Because just in your own understanding, you run out of words. Right? It's so quickly... You hit the limit yeah. of your lack of understanding. Yes. And I, I don't have to wonder if that's true or not. I know that you have hit this in your own heart. You try to express to God how strong you feel about something. And you say the same thing over and over about five <laughs> times. And you, you haven't said it. Well, thank God there's a way. Yeah. Yes. I said there's a way. There's a way to say it. There's a way to pray it. There's a way to declare it. There's a way to decree it. There's a way to praise God on another level. There's a way to thank God on another level. There's a way to sing on another level. And most of the church is not doing near enough of it. We can't control all of them, but we can certainly get ourselves stirred up. Huh? Get ourselves stirred up. Yes, sir. So it began with speaking with other tongues. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And so I want to talk a little bit about why you should speak in tongues. Is that okay with you or not? Somebody said, well, I, I do speak in tongues. Well, then for you, it's why you should speak more <laughs> in tongues. Mark 16, go over there, please. Mark 16, and you got to remember, we got we got a lot of folks watching us online that this is new to them, and we may have some folks visiting with us that this is new to them. And I have found in my experience through the years that you got a lot of people that they tolerate it. Because they like other things, but they themselves, they don't, they don't speak in tongues. They haven't been for numerous re- different reasons and wrong thinking. But friend, get rid of the discomfort. Get rid of any condemnation about it. Well, maybe I'm just not spiritual enough. No, that's a lie. You don't have to qualify for this. No. Maybe it's, you know Maybe it's just not for everybody. I've heard people say it's not for everybody. Well, you heard wrong. This is for every believer. I'm about to explain that to you. Huh? From the Bible. Why should you speak in tongues, believer? Reason number one because the Bible said you would. I said, because the Bible. How many think that's a good reason? this That's a good reason, because the Bible said you would, the Bible said you could. Who? Every believer. Every believer. Are you awake, child of God? Then uh, Mark, last chapter of Mark, when Jesus uh, ascended, right before he ascended, he said this. He said in verse 15, we gave us the Great Commission, uh, Mark 16, 15. He said, go into all the world, preach the good news to every creature. Now, everybody that goes to church agree with that. Don't they? Well, if you believe that with all your heart, you should sure believe the next verse. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believes not will be uh, damned, or that, that can be translated condemned or judged. And these signs will follow them that believe. So how many believe you should go into all the world preach preach good news? Everybody that believes and responds and identifies with Christ, they'll be saved. And if you believe it and you're saved, these things will show up in your life. In my name, they'll cast out demons. Now, we've been talking about that for weeks and weeks around here. You'll have authority. Huh? In his name over every evil spirit. Do you believe that or not? Yes, sir. Hmm? Yes. And they will speak with new tongues. Who? The special ones. The few that get the gift. Huh? The first ones to get the church off and started. same bunch. Is that right? Jesus said one of the signs that would follow believers is that they would speak with new tongues. Anybody believe the words of Jesus? Say that out loud. They shall speak with new tongues. Who said that? Jesus, the head of the church. Who's they? Who's they? A special group. A special dispensation. The most spiritual ones. Hand-picked ones. First generation church. No, no. Because if you're going to say that for that part of that verse, you need to apply it to the whole rest of the thing. No. Believers, according to Jesus, shall speak with new tongues. Are you a believer? Then you should speak with new tongues. It's one of the signs that follows all believers. Somebody said, well, I'm a believer and I don't speak with tongues. Well, you hadn't followed close enough or far enough. You need to come on in some more. Not saying you're not saved. You got to be saved to go the rest of the way. But don't believe things that limit you. You need the help of the Holy Spirit as much as any other believer needs the help of the Holy Spirit. You're just as limited in your understanding and limited to pray or say as anybody else. Would God give this amazing help to a handful of special people and withhold it from everybody else in the church that needs it just as much? That's not him. That's not him. Jesus said, if you're a believer, this is something that will show up, a sign that will follow you in your life. Hmm? they shall speak with new tongues. He, go, he goes on to talk about they'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Now there's no, there's a lot of believers not doing that either, but they could be yep. there's a lot of believers not exercising their authority over evil stuff in Jesus name, but they could be yes. this is not for preachers <laughs> except that they are also believers. This is for all believers. Not just preachers. Not just special called ones. Somebody say believers. 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 Believers, what will happen with them? They shall speak with new tongues. I want you to say it out loud a couple of times. Believers Believers. shall speak with new tongues. Say it again. Believers Believers. shall speak with new tongues. tongues. Tell me who said that. Jesus, the head of the church, said Believers who speak with new tongues. Why should you speak with new tongues? Because Jesus said I would. Is yeah, right. a very good reason. Look with me in First Corinthians. First Corinthians. Hallelujah. Are you okay? All right, hold on. First Corinthians 14. And if you want to learn more about this subject, boy, this chapter right here, this 14th chapter, 1 Corinthians. It has so much about tongues. Probably the most in the New Testament of anywhere is this one place right here, 1 Corinthians 14. And in 1 Corinthians 14, we'll perhaps look at more of it later, but just this one spot here, 1 Corinthians 14. And, uh, well, let's just back up to verse 1, 14.1 Follow after love, desire spirituals, but rather that you may prophesy, he that speaks in a tongue. Now the the translators added the word unknown in here, but that's only partially correct. It's unknown to the speaker, but obviously not necessarily unknown to everybody, right? Because we just read in Acts 2, they all understood, they heard. And we in, in the thirteenth chapter just talked about speaking in the tongues of men and of angels. So there are tongues that angels understand that maybe men have never heard, and there are tongues of men that you've never heard and I've never heard. So just because it's unknown to the speaker doesn't mean it's unknown to everybody. It's unknown uh, speaks not to men but to God, for no man understands Him. Howbeit in the spirit He speaks mysteries. Now, I want us to get to this at some point. This is one of the big reasons why you should speak in tongues. The ability to speak and pray mysteries. You cannot do this with your own understanding. But you can do it by speaking in tongues. Verse 3. He that prophesies speaks to men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. Verse 4. He that speaks in a tongue edifies himself. This is another reason <laughs> to speak in tongues. It Edify means to build up. It builds you up. But he that prophesies edifies the church. One of the elements of edification... Is encouragement. Uh, we, we just got through reading back up to verse three. Look at that again: edification, exhortation, comfort. And th- does that sound familiar to the Holy Spirit being the comforter? And huh? Yeah, because that's who's giving the utterance to do these things and who's anointing to do these things. And this is a big need of everybody on the planet and everybody in the church, everybody needs to be built up. Everybody needs to be exhorted and encouraged. Everybody needs to be comforted and consoled. And you can tell, this is a good way to tell when it really is the Holy Spirit in something, because that's the effect. That's the result if it tears you down and leaves you down, it wasn't the Holy Spirit. If it just scares you and takes your faith away, it certainly wasn't the Holy Spirit. If it discouraged you, it wasn't the Holy Spirit. If it discomforted you and put fear in you, it, it wasn't the Holy Spirit. Because what, what He says to you and what He does in you and on you, and to you. It's going to build you up. Yep. <laughs> There's nobody who's too built up. That's right. It's going to. Exhort. And encourage you. There's no such thing. As somebody who's too encouraged. <laughs> There's a lot of people who's discouraged. Yes. huh? No such thing as somebody goes, Oh no. I'm already more encouraged than I can deal with. <laughs> I don't want to be any more encouraged. No. <laughs> and. There's nobody who's too comforted. The more comforted you are, the more comfortable you are. The more relaxed you are. The more at peace and at rest you are. The enemy stuff will rob you of comfort. Will rob you of encouragement and strength. Well, what are we talking about? One of the things he said that would do this is speaking in tongues. It'll edify you. Hmm? I'm getting ahead of myself, but there are reasons why we should speak in tongues. Keep reading. Verse 5. I would that you all spoke with tongues. Yeah, but what if you don't have the gift? What if you don't have the special gift? What if it's not God's will for you? What if it's not for everybody? Listen to some other translations of this. Um, the NIV. The NIV says, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. Am I reading the Bible? Am I reading the New Testament? Is this just Paul talking, or is this the Holy Spirit? Through Paul, did the Lord say, I want all of you to talk in tongues? Yes, he did. Yes, sir. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. The English, uh, the ESV, says it like this I want you all to speak in tongues. Did the Lord say in the New Testament, I want all of you to speak in tongues? Hmm? Did Jesus say, this is a sign that would follow you as a believer in me? And then the Holy Spirit said, I want all of you to speak in tongues. Hmm? Do you see why I'm so adamant about this is for everybody? Don't, don't listen to people. And a lot of times the people who try to tell you it's not for everybody, they don't speak in tongues themselves. So they don't understand it and they don't know what they're talking about. Hmm? No. There was a time when I was a believer for years who did not speak in tongues. I love the Lord. I was saved. I knew if I died, I'd go straight to be with the Lord. And I didn't speak in tongues. Now for many more years since then I've been a believer who speaks with tongues. So I know what I'm talking about. I've been on both sides of it. A lot of you I'm seeing people nod your head. You you too. Same way. And I can tell you without hesitation with tongues is better. Better. Way. 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 Better. <laughs> in First Corinthians 14:18, you're there in 14 to skip down a few verses to verse 18. Paul said this personally by the spirit of God. He said, "I thank my God. I speak with tongues more than you all." <laughs> now he's having to correct the Corinthian church, because they're speaking in some tongues without interpretation and interrupting things at the wrong time in the wrong place. So they ha- actually have some some excessive things. But he wants them to know that even with that, he still speaks in tongues more than all of them. Yet he went on to say, yet in the church, while he's doing things publicly, he doesn't just speak in tongues. He says things in ways that people can understand it and benefit from it. And again, we begin to see diversity of tongues, different kinds of tongues, tongues that are just for personal edification and and building up tongues that are for ministry, that are accompanied by interpretation. And so he distinguishes between the two. So if he didn't talk in tongues excessively and inappropriately in the service or in front of people publicly, then when did he do all his talking in tongues? If he talked in tongues more than all of them, he must have done. He must have got up in the morning speaking in tongues, huh? He must have spoken in tongues in the afternoon. He must have laid in his bed spoken in tongues. What do you think? If he spoke in tongues more than all of them, where did he do it? When did he do it? Jesus prayed a lot. Have you noticed that in reading after him? He prayed a lot. There are times he'd pray all night long. On one occasion it said that he prayed all night long. And then immediately that morning he went and appointed the twelve Uh, apostles, he picked the twelve. Is that a coincidence? That the morning before he selected the twelve, he prayed all night long. Well, if anybody could have been holy enough and full of the word enough and righteous enough not to need to pray, it would have been him. Right? To just know what to do. And yet, he's functioning as a man and he felt the need to pray all night long how many can see he got clarity he got direction didn't he he knew who to select, this is a big deal this is something you don't want to get wrong right because the names of the twelve apostles are in the foundation of the walls in the holy city in the new Jerusalem This is big stuff, right? Now, they didn't know that. That's a long way from them there to to there. And yet, God knows in from the beginning. Can you and I pray and get direction? Can we take time and wait on the Lord? And, yeah, but you're limited with your understanding. Yeah, but thank God for this supernatural means of praying out divine mysteries. Can you say amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise be to God. If you don't speak in tongues, you can. You can begin tonight. If you hadn't spoken in tongues for a while, you can start again tonight. You can get stirred up. In this 14th chapter, look with me again. We, we saw on the day of Pentecost, and I don't intend to keep you too much longer, just if you can hang with me a little bit. We saw that they were speaking in languages the wonderful works of God. In, uh, you're there in 1 Corinthians 14, hold your place there and go to Acts 10. Acts 10. And verse 45, it said, uh, on this occasion, these uh, folks were astonished because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Spirit. Verse 46, for, how'd they know they had received the Holy Spirit? Huh? I said, how'd they know? For... They heard them speak with tongues. Now hold on. This is years after the day of Pentecost. They've already got the church off started. Why, why do you need more tongues? If it's just a sign to get the church started. It wasn't just a sign. It was a sign. But it's not just a sign in the initial part. People who continued to be filled continued to speak. You see it over and over again. For they heard them speak with tongues, and these were non-Jewish people. These were Gentile people. These were people that came from all kind of ungodly backgrounds. They spoke with tongues, and what else did they do? Magnify God. Everybody say, magnify God. Magnify. Magnify. That's what they were saying when they were speaking in tongues. Whether they knew it or not. Does that match what happened in Acts 2? They heard them speak the wonderful works of God. Well, when you're speaking the wonderful works of God, does that magnify God? Certainly, it's the same thing. They, they, They spoke with tongues and magnified God. That was together with the speaking with tongues. Now, in 1 Corinthians 14... 1 Corinthians 14 and 14, I believe it is, 14, 14, if we put that up. He said, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So this has to be a tongue, a language. Your head doesn't understand. Elsewise, your understanding would benefit or be fruitful from it. But this is your spirit praying. Verse 15, what is it then? I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. Uh Now, understanding means I understand what I'm saying. With the spirit, it's talking about praying in tongues, I don't understand. What I'm saying. But he's saying I will pray both ways. And also he said I will sing with the Spirit. Now I don't know if Paul was a good singer or not. But it makes no difference. He's not talking about being a good singer. Everybody can sing. Everybody should sing. Not everybody should record, (laughs) but everybody can and should sing. There's a higher level of expression when you lift your voice to sing. It's another degree of yielding. It's another degree. Somebody says, well, I... I'm I'm not a singer, and and I I don't feel comfortable singing. That's why it takes more faith to sing. But if you'll do it, if you'll step out to do it, you'll tap into something that you hadn't tapped into before. You'll tap into a greater flow and a stronger anointing. If you lift your voice to sing. And Paul said, I'll pray with the Spirit. That means I don't understand what I'm saying. And I'll pray with the understanding also. I do understand what I'm saying. I'll sing with the Spirit. That means I don't understand what I'm singing. But I'm singing away. Yeah. <laughs> and I will sing with the understanding also. I'll sing both ways. Amen. Wow. And what do we have Scripture for? That part of it's going to be expressing the wonderful works of God. Now, there's other parts to speaking in tongues. A lot of times people only talk about intercession. And that's part of it. That's not all of it. By any stretch, say it out loud diversities of tongues, different kinds of tongues. We need to know about the other kinds of tongues. There are tongues for edification, there are tongues for praying out mysteries. And there are tongues here for expressing God's glory expressing and magnifying God beyond your understanding Hallelujah, Hallelujah. And this this will not go without a response you do this by faith, you'll be reaching out to draw near to God. You know what'll happen? He, he will respond and draw near to you, and God inhabits <laughs> his presence inhabits the praises of his people. It's, and he seeks those that'll worship him. How? Huh? How? Huh? In spirit. And in truth. The the Lord seeks that. He wants that. He desires that. He's looking for that. Those that will worship him. Not just in the flesh. And not just with the limitations of their lack of understanding. But those that will do it. In spirit. And in truth. And in spirit. Means inspiration by the spirit. Both in other tongues and in prophecy. But that's another element. Uh, Keep reading. Keep reading. I'll pray with the Spirit. I'll pray with the understanding also. I'll sing with the Spirit. I'll sing with the understanding also. Hallelujah. Verse 16. Else when you shall bless with the Spirit. Now do you hear that phrase? This is not praying in the Spirit. Uh, Praying. This is not you just trying to build yourself up in the Spirit. This is what? Blessing Blessing with the Spirit. Say it out loud. Blessing. Blessing with the Spirit. When you do that How shall he that occupies the room of the unlearned say amen at your giving of thanks? So on this occasion, you are giving thanks in other tongues. And you are blessing in other tongues. But somebody who didn't understand it, you know, you don't want to just do it in front of them without an interpretation is what he's saying. But how many can see this is very beneficial in private. Hmm? In private. Where you're not trying to talk to somebody else. You're giving thanks. And you're blessing. Verse 17. For verily you give thanks well. But the person who doesn't understand what you're saying. It's not building them up. But that doesn't mean it's not helping you. The other's not edified. Doesn't mean you wouldn't be. How many like the sound of this? Verily you give thanks well. This is another level of giving thanks. Huh? I said another level of blessing. Another level of magnifying God. Glorifying God. Have you ever... Has your heart ever swelled and filled up and you wanted to tell God how much you appreciated him and how thankful you were for uh, something he had done for you or for everything he had done for you? And so you said, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And it just seemed like it wasn't enough. Huh? And you try to, you search your vocabulary and you say, oh, I I really thank you. I'm very thankful. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You just, your understanding, your expression, your vocabulary is inadequate. There's another way. I said there's another way? There is a way to give thanks that God would say, that's well done. (laughs) <laughs> you, you thanked me well you said that perfectly you expressed that for God to say good job well I received that thank you it was beyond our limited we, we, we hadn't been alive very long we hadn't been around very long we, we don't know much that's why we need help I said, we needed help. And the Lord, before the Lord left, he looked at his bunch and he thought, man, they need help. They're they going to need a lot of help. He looked down through the ages and he saw you and he saw me and he thought, oh, they, ooh, they need help. They need a lot of help. They need so much help that only God level help is enough for them. So God, the Holy Spirit, was sent, was sent, the mighty being who hovered over the face of the dark waters when God spoke everything into existence and his power made it come and happen. That being was sent to help you and help me. There is nothing He doesn't know. Yeah. There is nothing He can't do. Yeah. No ability, no grace He doesn't have. And He's inside you. Yeah. Believer, you. He's inside me 24 7, everywhere we go. We haven't been yielding to him enough we haven't been looking to him enough we haven't been relying on him and depending on him and yielding to him enough we can learn and develop and tongues is the entrance oh come on can you see that speaking in tongues is the entrance into it hallelujah you got time for another verse or two I mean, I don't, I don't have to give it to you, but I, I think it would fit. I think it would fit right here. Uh, the tongue. Do you remember in the book of James that it talks about the tongue is like the rudder on the ship? Remember that? And how that it is, it's, it's such a little thing, but it can cause such a huge fire and result. In Psalms 12, listen to this. In prophecy, Psalms twelve four, said that ungodly people said this. They said, with our tongue, we will prevail. Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? Tell me how you get born again. How does Jesus become your Lord? Hmm? Two big things. You believe in your heart. Is that right? The gospel, the good news that the Lord sent him and that God has raised him from the dead. And, and, and you what? You confess with your mouth the what? The Lord. The Lord. The way you take you off the throne of your life is... Is with your mouth. And with your tongue. And with your lips. And it's been prophesied. And it will come to pass at one point. That Jesus being the king of kings. And lord of lords. And the preeminent being over everything. It will be evidenced. When every knee. Shall bow. And what? Every tongue. And what? Every tongue. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It involves the tongue. If your tongue is your own, only your own, Jesus is not your Lord. You are your Lord. Can you see this? How would you get born again? You used your tongue to do what? To confess that Jesus is Lord. In the Amplified, in verse 4 in Psalms 12, it said there again, it said, with our tongues we prevail. Our lips are our own. Who is Lord and Master over us? The refusal to yield your tongue is to refuse the Lordship of of Jesus. Do you know what the devil did in his act of rebellion? Remember what he did? He tried to use his words, his mouth, his tongue to say I will ascend. I'll raise my throne. I'll be like the most high. He tried to use his words. He he stopped submitting his mouth to God. And used it to rebel because everything in existence was created with words. Why am I saying this? Listen to First Peter 3 and 10. First Peter 3 and 10. He that will love life and see good days. Would you like to know the secret of a good life and living a long time? It's right here in the Bible. Do what? Let him refrain his tongue. Control your tongue from any evil and your lips that they speak. No guile. Didn't Proverbs say that death and life is in the power of the tongue? And Proverbs said if you keep your mouth and tongue, you keep your soul from troubles. What what am I saying? Why is it? That when the Holy Ghost came, the most help that anybody has ever had or ever, ever will have in this life... He comes, and he's. he says, I'm here. I'm ready to help you 24-7. I will show you everything you need to show. I will lead you and guide you into all of the truth. I'll bring to your remembrance continually everything the Lord has said to you. I will show you things to come. I will map it out in front of you. I will strengthen you. I'll be on standby all the time to come in and help you. I'll edify you. I will encourage you. I will comfort you. Come on, can you see this? And how did their connection to receiving all this help start? Immediately, they started speaking in tongues. Why? Because to yield the tongue is to yield the life. Not to yield the tongue is not to yield the life. To hold a tight grip and say, my tongue is my own. Indicates you your own Lord. Who's master over me? Who's Lord over me? That's why this is such a debated topic. Yeah. That's why there's so much confusion. There's not a natural amount of confusion about speaking in tongues. There's a supernatural amount of confusion. And the reason that is, is because the devil does not want believers fully Yielding their lives to the Holy Spirit. And they know, just like Brother Hagin said, he realized the more I speak in tongues, the more of all the other manifestations of the Spirit I have. He said it's the entrance into all, we could say like this, all of the help of the Holy Spirit. So it's no wonder why the enemy works so hard to keep people out of it so that they are running their life. Their mouth is their own. Their tongue is their own. They don't yield it to the Holy Spirit. They choose their own words. They make their own plans. And they do the best they can. And it's not enough. And they try as hard as they know how. And it's not enough. Oh, but friend, when we step out by faith and yield our tongue, We step into the Spirit's help. We step into the supernatural. Our mind begins to be illuminated. Now we're given thanks on a level we could never do with our limited vocabulary and limited understanding. We're blessing and extolling the glory of God and the wonderful works of God, and we're magnifying God in a way and on a level we'd never be able to do without the Holy Spirit's help. And while we're doing that, we're getting more in the presence of God. And in His light, we're seeing things we hadn't seen before. And then He helps us to pray out, mysteries and he helps us to build ourselves up in a place we haven't been oh come on can you see this the spirit of God is helping us in increasing degrees Woo! you know what that looks like when, you, when that starts happening on that degree it looks like the book of Acts it looks just like the book of Acts miracles healings deliverance Thousands getting saved. Huh? Visions. Dreams. Amazing and wonderful and good things. Happening beyond human ability. And that, my brother, is why you should speak. (laughs) And my sister, why you should speak is not not all the reasons. But it's a couple reasons. So why don't you stand up right now.